Hello and welcome to the Academy Show here on the Blood Red channel. I'm Guy Clark, Matt Addison alongside me as we get set to take a look in on how Liverpool's youngsters are getting on. We'll check in on the behind closed doors game as Jurgen Klopp got a chance to check in on a few of the youthful faces at Kirby. We'll see how the age groups are getting on, both the under-23s and under-18s, and also bring you our one to watch as ever. As I say, Matt Addison alongside myself, Guy Clark. And Matt, we'll start with the behind closed doors game and obviously Liverpool in this sort of period during the international break or even before it with FA Cup weekend of not having a game so they put on this behind closed doors intra-squad friendly and uh, well for the youngsters it was a, a great chance to get in front of Jurgen Klopp wasn't it? Yeah exactly that we saw Jurgen Klopp was watching on from his office there was a, a few members of, of staff around one of the members of staff was refereeing the game and it's just an opportunity I think to, to get a look at a few of these youngsters obviously Jurgen Klopp and, and particularly Vito Matos of course who is that sort of bridge between the academy sides and and the first team similar to, to what Pep Linders used to do for them it's it's important to, to not just have that link in terms of him coming back and going, oh, yes, Matthias Musilovsky or, or whoever it might be is, is impressing. Jurgen Klopp can actually get those players in front of him and, and have a, a real good look at them. So, yeah, it was a, a hugely uh, exciting prospect, I'm sure, for, for a lot of those youngsters. We're going to go through a few of them very shortly. And, you know, a couple of them really did take that chance. I think it's important, isn't it, when you're a young player, you get these opportunities to, to impress Jochen Klopp and, and all of his staff, and you do have to take them. And I think it's it's partly impressing the staff. It's it's partly also impressing those first team players. There was a, a fair few first teamers who are not going away on international duty this week. So, yeah, it's a, an opportunity really on on both fronts for for a lot of those young players who probably hadn't even trained with the first team. A lot of them, uh, but to to go in and and impress and and show what they can do. I mean, there's not a huge amount of of pressure on them. It's it's very much an opportunity. But uh, yeah, one that quite a few of them ended up taking. I remember about a year or so ago, Matt, when the office was a thing and we used to sit in the studio together doing these Academy Show podcasts that we spoke about the importance of Kirby and that move coming up. And I suppose this is just one of those prime examples of the youngsters can just shift across a training pitch and all of a sudden they're in front of Jurgen Klopp. Exactly that, yeah. It's literally, you know, a walk. I mean, I've been there plenty of, of times myself, not been into the new training facility just yet, but it's, you know, literally one path between the two. You can see there is very, very literally a, a bridge between the, the two places. And I think that's, you know, the, the first sign of, of that really paying off at this moment in time. I mean, I've seen a, a few of the staff come down from the first team pitches. Jurgen Klopp himself has been there at a couple of, of youth matches, which he probably wouldn't have done if the two sites were, were separate. But I think this is the first thing that you've really sort of looked and gone, wow, that's, you know, that that's what they had in mind. I think, you know, Michael Edwards and, and everyone who was involved with that training ground move, Jurgen Klopp himself, of course, ever since he came in at Anfield, that was a big, big thing for him. And I think, you know, this is the first of probably many examples. There may well be more of these 11 v 11 matches to, to come even in this international break. Certainly, I'm sure, in, in the, the summer, in, in pre-season and, and moving forward in, in future international breaks, this might become a bit of a, a feature down in Kirby, which, you know, as I say, it can only be a, a good thing for, for Clark, his staff and, and all of those players as well. Let's touch in on a few of the names then. And first one we're going to have to get into is a lad that everybody is raving about. I'm pretty sure he's been your one to watch a couple of episodes back. And it's Mateusz Michalowski, who I've probably butchered his name, as I say, every time. But he's a guy who his reputation just seems certainly online, just seems to be growing week by week. 
Yeah, he's he's one of those that seems to to put out a lot of highlights from his training matches, and I think Liverpool tweeted out a a, pic, um, a video, I should say, of of his goal against Newcastle a couple of weeks back, and you know he dribbled around four or five players and and then finished it, and I think there's you know understandably a fair bit of of excitement. I think he's he's one of those players that that gets you off your seat. He's an exciting player, the kind of player that you like to to see dribble with the ball, create goals, assist goals, and or obviously put the ball in the, the back of the net himself as well. So I think that was a, a big step forward for him to, to come into this. It's, you know, for, for an under-18s player who's only been at the club for you know less than a year. He signed in, in August last year. To have made that sort of impression, I think, is is really telling for, for how well he's getting on. I think he's one of the, the bigger names in terms of, of the, the sort of focus. There are others as well, but I think particularly off the back of his recent run of form, I think he's got five in his last five in terms of, of goals for, for the under-18s across a couple of different competitions. It it seems to, to be all falling into place for him. I mean, I spoke to, to Mark Ridge-Wilkinson, his manager at under-18s level, just two or three weeks back when they played Manchester United and sort of asked him the question in terms of, of Musialovsky and, and Malcolm Fraundorf as well in terms of them settling into a, a new country, obviously in the middle of a pandemic, it can't have been easy for them to adjust to life on Merseyside, just taking the, the football away from it, just to, to move country at, at such a young age. But I think that the fact that he's really started to, to come into his own on the football pitch over the last couple of weeks is really a sign that he's settled in really, really well. I think it's seven goals, two assists now in 16 appearances this season. We're really starting to, to see that end product we've seen all along, you know, how good a dribbler he is. You only have to look at his Instagram stories to, to sort of find that out. But, you know, once you can translate that onto a football pitch, put the ball in the back of the net as well, it's, it is really starting to, to come together for him. Yeah, definitely is the case. And I know you've been trying to find out as much as you can about him. Yeah, absolutely. I actually caught up with Karolina Kureka, a Liverpool fan in Poland, where Matthias Musielowski grew up to get the lowdown on the Polish winger. How much uh, excitement is there about Musielowski? And maybe you can tell me how it's meant to be pronounced, because I'm sure I've probably got that wrong. Yeah, sure. Uh, Mateusz Musielowski. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Again. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe off camera. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so it cannot be denied that um, the recognition of uh, the player that was born in 2013 is uh, still very limited here in Poland. Um, therefore, even the biggest uh, freak of uh, football in Poland may have problem um, with uh, saying something about him. It is uh, because um, people don't pay a lot of attention towards uh, the junior players. You know, um, they just watch uh, the matches of the national team, but uh, uh, a huge attention is um, is uh, driven towards uh, the under 18, under 19 team. So uh, there is uh, really not a lot uh, that you can uh, say about him. Is there a lot of people talking about him and? probably especially since he now plays for Liverpool, of course. Um, I just um, read a few articles about him. Uh, so on uh, TFLB Sport uh, online magazine, I've read that um, the goal he scored against Newcastle was 
a bit a combination of Lewandowski and Musala. Uh, so what I can tell you more is that uh, he started his football career when he was five in local Ajax Częstochowa. Okay. And uh, his coach was great with the young players as uh, he didn't really care about uh, the results. Instead, he uh, just make the players um, do their work. So, for example, he didn't say, uh, oh, just pass it, pass it, pass it, and don't uh, show your skills. Uh, he made the players um, play their own way. So um, he wanted them to uh, dribble. And uh, there is, um, I would say, um, there's a problem with the coaches in Poland because they stop um, the players from uh, doing um, the natural things at a junior level. And instead of that, um, they learn uh, them the tax tactics in the, um, in the, uh, from the young, younger age, right? And, um, I think uh, that's a huge problem in Poland. And then, uh, after, uh, when he was uh, nine years old, he switched from uh, Ajax Częstochowa to Raków Częstochowa. And the coach wasn't really happy about it because um, it's a good team in Poland. They uh, now play in the uh, first division. And uh, they're unhappy because um, this team is always taking uh, the youngest stars from the team. Um, and um, he started his, uh, sorry, um, uh, he played there as a winger and a coach of him, Mateusz Solecki, uh, said that um, not only he won uh, the player of the tournament, but also uh, he won a statute of a goal scorer. So um, uh, on Wontuna Spiuka, you could see the statistics that uh, in 88 matches, he, he scored 133 goals. Yeah, he has a, a lot of, of talent and that's been evident for, for a long time now. I mean, what would you say is his best ability? Is it his dribbling? Is it his goals? What What do you think makes him a really promising player? Mm. Well, I think Mateusz uh, can play in any offensive position. Uh, yeah, he, he is very good at dribbling, uh, passing the players. But I think he can uh, still have to put some work into his uh, defensive style. I think uh, in Liverpool, they will definitely work uh, on, on of his uh, defensive ability. Um, when he uh, moved from Scratchens to Hover to UKS SMS Wood, uh, his coach um, first played him as a winger, then he switched his position to uh, number 10. But due to the lack of uh, the players, he then switched him as number nine. And uh, I've read that he said um, 
the best position for him would be a winger or as a number 10. Okay, yeah, I mean, the, you, you mentioned the club that he signed for Liverpool from. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to, to pronounce it. You've pronounced it much better than, than I could. Are they a, a lower league club? I think they're, what, fourth division in, in Poland? So how big a club are they? And, and had you maybe heard of, of Mateusz Muszelowski whilst he was playing for them? Or was it only when he came to Liverpool that, that people started to notice him? Yeah, I think it all started uh, when he came to Liverpool because before that he wasn't really recognised. Um, UKS SMS Woods is uh, based in Woods and the club is well known for uh, working with the young youngsters and they also have a women team right now and it's a very regarded football team. Uh, they always have um, some players that um, could play uh, professional football. So I think it's um, a good club for younger people, but they also don't um, have a lot of uh, financial financial funds uh, for players. And I think that uh, if they are any talents in Poland, they choose bigger clubs like Alech Poznan and Legia uh, Warsaw. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to finish then, you mentioned Robert Lewandowski before, obviously a player that Jurgen Klopp has worked with in the past. Maybe he could be the, the next Lewandowski. What do you think about that? Yeah, sure. Why not? I just cross, uh, I just uh, keep my fingers for him as I'm a huge Liverpool fan and I can see uh, some talent in him, uh, his skills. If he keeps uh, working like that, I'm sure that um, he will achieve some success. And I'm sure that uh, in Liverpool and uh, generally, Jürgen Klopp uh, won't uh, let him um, keep the head um, high. You know, um, I mean that... Um, um, uh, they will make him. Um, uh, they will make him comfortable. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they'll uh, give him plenty of, of confidence, and I'm sure training with the the first team players as he has been of late probably will help out as well. Carolina, thanks again for your time and your insight. It was uh, it was great to speak to you. Yeah, thanks so much. Top stuff. Well, we've got others then to get into. And, well, Michalowski is certainly a player with a, a burgeoning reputation. So, too, one who arrived mid-season from Derby County. Kide Gordon, who, of course, only 16 when he arrived at, at, at Liverpool. And, uh, yeah, again, he was another one of them involved in the behind-closed-doors game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we, we can speak, obviously, uh, of all the, the qualities that he had when he came in from Derby. But I think this is maybe the first time that we've sort of seen a, a real example of that, certainly at, at first team level, if you want to call it that. I know there was a lot of other youngsters on the pitch at that time, but that was the big thing that, that struck me when he came in from Derby was that he'd already played, of course, for, for Derby's first team. Wayne Rooney had had him training with the, the first team at Derby. When he's come into Liverpool, he's only really trained with the under-18s. He maybe on a couple of occasions has, has been with the under-23s, but certainly hasn't been a regular over on the first team pitches in Kirby. But this was the, the first opportunity, really, that we, we got to saw him in and amongst that sort of environment. And 
he seemed to, to step up really well, as you, you might imagine. Two uh, assists in that match, one goal. Linked up really well with uh, with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain for, for Ben Woodburn's opener in uh, in that game. And he just seemed to, to settle in. I think he was the youngest player on the pitch. He doesn't turn 17 until October this year. So he's sort of one of those Harvey Elliott-type players in terms of you know being well ahead of his years, in terms of having first-team experience, in terms of you know putting the, the numbers, as I say, two goals and... Uh, sorry, one goal and, and two assists in that game in, in that sort of environment. I think he's obviously just stepped up and and clearly is, you know, obviously the youngest player, but but certainly not the least advanced in terms of his footballing age, if you like. So, yeah, massively exciting for him. I think it was probably, you know, a, a clear sign of, of how highly they rate him. Obviously, they paid a, a fair bit of money for him, but the fact that he was in there at the age of 16, along with a fair few other players who are slightly more experienced in terms of being at Liverpool, at least, I think it was a pretty clear sign that he was in there. He played the majority of, of the game, I believe, and, and really did stand out to, to Liverpool's coaching staff. What about some of the the other goal scorers then? Let's get on to them, and I think we're, we're probably best to talk about Ben Woodburn next. He got a hat-trick in this game, and we talk about him fleetingly, I suppose, on these Academy Show podcasts. We sort of breeze past how he's getting on. Obviously, he's had the loans with Oxford and Blackpool over the last couple of seasons. But I suppose just doing this in a training game for for Jurgen Klopp might just make him sit up and think, well, there's the kid that I threw in against Leeds United. I knew there was something in there, but he just needs to go and get first-team regular football now, doesn't he, for his, for his own career and the sake of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's he's about 22 now, isn't he? I think he's one of those players that's maybe slightly older than what people think, obviously, when he came and scored that goal, what was it, in 2016, maybe 17? I think he was only 17 at, at, at the time. Obviously, has played a couple of different times out on loan since then. He was really, really unfortunate when he was at Oxford. I thought that was a move that, that probably made a lot of sense to him. He probably had to drop down a little bit further than he maybe would have liked. But he was under Carl Robinson, who was down there. He was played in a sort of 4-2-3-1. He was the, the main number 10 for them when he was fit. But that's the, the crucial thing. I think he had... Uh, two ankle injuries that season did one came back and then did the other ankle and it was just you know really really unfortunate for him he's then this season gone to Blackpool under Neil Critchley obviously a a manager that he'll know really well Liverpool know really well and and know that they can trust but again it it just didn't quite happen for him I think he had coronavirus in about October or November that kept him out for a little bit he then came back and, and didn't quite get in the team and Blackpool ultimately decided that they could do without him for the second half of the season, sent him back to Liverpool and nobody else seemed to, to want to take up the, the option to to take him on loan. So he's back. I think he's played, uh, I think, five under-23s matches for Liverpool in 2021. So that's where he's probably going to be for the rest of this season. But there's no doubt about it. There is talent, there is quality there. And I think this was probably a reminder of that. He's obviously scored three goals. He scored three goals past Nat Phillips and Ben Davis, the, the two centre-backs for, for the Liverpool away team on the day, if you like. So there is clearly talent there. It, it's purely down to injuries for me. I think there was there was always a concern a little bit about his physicality and would he be able to, to make it at the Premier League level. But I think certainly there's, at the very least, a, a very, very good championship player in there. It's just a case of that consistency and, and getting himself on the pitch. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've written something on him in the last couple of days about what happens next. I think... A permanent transfer has to, to be the answer, I think, in terms of, of the summer. He's had a couple of loans that maybe haven't gone quite his way, but I think it is time for, for him to move on for, for the good of his career. But, you know, 
as I say, that there's there's more than enough talent there to think that he could be a, a top end championship player and who knows, maybe could be back in the Premier League at some point. There's certainly certainly enough quality for, for him to be able to do that. Yeah, we would love to to see that. Of course, he's he's 21. He turns 22 in October, as you say. Though he was he, he burst onto the scene, but not quite worked out for him. Let's talk about another one then. Billy the Kid, Billy Cometio, of course, with the first team during pre-season, and Jurgen Klopp always happy to uh, talk about him in in press conferences. But we've not seen any of him in terms of first team real exposure through the course of the season, even whilst Liverpool have had those centre back issues and. Yeah, he was another one who was on the on the score sheet in this, albeit it was a consolation goal. Yeah, he he got the one in the the five one uh, defeat for his team. I think he actually started as a, a substitute and only came on in that match. But he was one of those that was really really talked up. I know Jurgen Klopp and, and Pep Linders were massively impressed with him last summer. I think there was kind of a feeling, certainly amongst Liverpool fans, possibly even within the group as well and within the coaches, that he was going to be the sort of fourth choice backup option for Liverpool this season. I think that probably played a little bit into why they didn't end up replacing Dan Lovren. But for me, it was always a little bit off. I mean, we've talked you know, plenty of, of times on this show about his little individual errors and, and things like that this season. Again, it's almost the same as Ben Woodburn in the sense that you just want a, a little bit more consistency for, for Ben. It's more a case of, of being on the pitch consistently and not pick, picking up injuries for, for Billy. It's a bit more in terms of, of just doing the simple things right. I think there there is a player in there, clearly. I think his his physicality certainly has helped him. He's still only a very young player. He's you know moved up to the under-23s, probably a lot faster than most of his peers. But I think that's as much as anything to do with his height and his strength, his aerial ability, rather than necessarily being that much better than on a footballing level. I think, I think a few people maybe got a little bit carried away with how far he'd come just because... You know, he does look like a, a first-team player, but there is still a lot of, of development for, for him to do. I think you know, positionally he's been caught out. He's been caught out a couple of times on the ball so far this season. Those are things that can be ironed out, and there's no doubt that he's got all of the, the individual qualities that he needs. It's just a case of, you know, can he mesh them together? And, you know, what happens next, even with him? I mean, looking ahead to next season, you'd imagine he'd be still an under-23s regular. You wouldn't think that he'd be there or thereabouts for, for a first-team call-up or anything like that. But I suppose at, at some point with him, especially with him being a centre-back as well, I think you probably have to go out and just test him somewhere at senior level. We've seen, obviously, Reese Williams last season went down as far as Kidderminster and that really, really helped him. I don't think Cometio would go that far down, but potentially there could be, I think, a, a loan move on the cards for him at some point because you just want to, to test just quite how good he is at senior level and Probably Liverpool don't want to take the risk with that. You want somebody else to take on that risk for you. Yeah, definitely. Well, we've seen Sepp Vandenberg, haven't we, second half of this season, move on loan to Preston North End in the Championship. Let's check in then just on a, a couple of other players before we do go. One player who wasn't involved in the game, who's unfortunately picked up an ACL injury. We did fear the worst after picking up an injury, I think, last time we spoke, actually. Leighton Stewart and Paul Glatzel as well, another player who hopefully... Injury hasn't struck again, but he seems to just pick up these injuries and, and nasty ones at that too. Yeah, I mean, Leighton Stewart, first of all, it's a, a huge blow for him. It's almost down that that Paul Glatzel type path of just when you think he's, you know, breaking into to some form, getting the goals, being really consistent for the under-23s. He's obviously now going to be out for, for a number of months. So it's, you know, hugely um, unfortunate and 
almost disastrous for, for his development. I think it's come at a really, really poor time. I mean, he's got lots of, of people around him helping him. And I know Steven Gerrard and various Liverpool sort of greats have, have sent messages of, of support and stuff like that. But at that age, you really need to be on the pitch as much as possible to give yourself that opportunity to, to step up. And Pau Glatzel will know that as much as anybody else. Again, we've spoken along, uh, along those lines sort of to, to Stuart with Glatzel plenty of, of times on this podcast. He's picked up another injury, I believe. That's why he wasn't involved in this 11 v 11 in Kirby. So, yeah, for, for the two of them, really, really unfortunate. But uh, I suppose it, it does just mean that other people can can step up and, and take advantage of that. I think Ben Woodburn was probably one of those, obviously scored that hat-trick. And, yeah, it, it's unfortunate for Liverpool. It's unfortunate for those two individual players as well. But, uh, yeah, fingers crossed they can both come back and, and come back stronger because, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a real big blow, I think, for, for the both of them to, to be missing another key period of, of football between now and the end of this season. Any other names from the game that you want to pick out who were involved, Matt? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you the list of, of the others that we've not mentioned. Um, Connor Bradley, Jarrell Quansar, Owen Beck, James Norris. Those are sort of all defensive options. One of them a centre-back in, in Quansar, the others all full-backs. James Norris, I think, is, is one to look out for over the next few months, potentially, um, in terms of left-back. He's had a couple of injury problems, I think, towards the back end of, of last season or, or the start of this one, but seems to be fit again now. Um, be interesting to see where he ends up. He kind of got fast-tracked into the under-23s a little bit just because they didn't really have a left-back once Adam Lewis had gone out on loan. I think, ordinarily, he'd probably have stayed with the 18s a little bit longer, so it'd be interesting to see maybe once they've got a couple more options available to them, quite where he fits in. But Tyler Morton and, and James Balagese, for me, the, the two players to watch that we haven't mentioned so far. I think both of them have been ones to watch from me over the last few months on this on this show. I mean, Tyler Morton in particular, I think for me, even more so than, than Balagese. I think he's at a, a level now where, I mean, we, we've said it before in terms of the two players, Jake Kane and, and Leighton Clarkson, stepping up and, and becoming almost first-team under 23s kind of you know in, in that bridge between the two this season I think you know Tyler Morton has been the one that's really taken advantage of that and established himself now as a, a 23s player getting a few goals from midfield doing loads and loads of good things and I think he's he's got a battle on his hands to, to make it in terms of long term at Liverpool just because there's so many options but I suppose you could equally say that about Kane and Clarkson too so he's definitely one to watch and, and James Balagese good to see him back from Injury, and um, I think on the, the last show we touched that, that he possibly had got a recurrence of an ankle problem. I think it was for him. The scan came back and, and he was okay. And he's played a couple of times. I think he played 60 minutes against Manchester United and they've kind of been working his fitness back up again. But it seemed like he was involved um, in terms of, of a starting place for, for this 11 v 11. And I'm sure, you know, with, with his talents, his passing and his ability to dribble, he's very much a player that you could imagine fitting into a Liverpool system in terms of a number eight, can get about the pitch, can put his foot in, but very much good on the ball as well, can you know play those progressive passes, provide those assists. So two players to, to watch out for. I mean, out of, of those six names, I think Tyler Morton is probably the, the likeliest to, to make it long-term, but, but certainly Balagese as well would, would not be far behind him, I wouldn't say. No, I know Ian Doyle, our colleague, is a big fan of James Balagese. Uh, let's move on, though, and talk about the matches involved. The under-23s have had three games since we last played. How have they been getting on, Matt? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the first one, they lost quite heavily 4-1 to, to Derby County. They've then drawn with West Ham and, and beaten Southampton. But as ever with the under-23s, it's always a case of, of who's available, who's playing for them. I think the interesting thing for me is is the Southampton one, not just because they won it and it was the most recent one, but uh, the fact that they did have a, a pretty weakened team in that Southampton match. They still managed to win, but I think the, the majority of, of their team, or certainly a good sort of four or five of, of the players who would have played in that under-23s match actually didn't play in it because they were playing in this game at Kirby with the first team. So I think that just shows, you know, exactly where the priorities do lie for, for Liverpool in terms of, of their progression and, and using those players in that first team hybrid friendly rather than in a, a Premier League two game, I think just underlines that. So, yeah, they obviously um, had won that game 2-1. Um, they also, you know, got a, a couple of goals, they, all of those goals coming in the, the first half. And I think, you know, for, for them, it's less about results. But I think after, you know, they've had a, a fairly difficult run, as I say, losing 4-1 to Derby County, for example, there, there does come a point where you have to, to turn those results around. So, yeah, I'm sure uh, Barry Lutus will be pretty delighted with that. Yeah, definitely. And the under-18s then, last time we spoke, they were just about to head into an absolutely crucial game with Manchester United. They too have been fairly busy as well, had three games themselves. Spoiler alert, what happened in the Manchester United game, Matt? Yeah, Manchester United, that was a 1-0 defeat for them. Uh, so not the the, the ideal uh, result, certainly, in that one. There wasn't a huge amount between the two teams. I actually managed to, to get down and, and watch that one in the flesh. And Liverpool were, were generally quite impressive. Um, obviously, under-18s level, uh, Manchester United very, very strong in that department. But where Liverpool maybe focused on the progression, they had, you know, a, a sort of not a weakened under-18s team, but maybe a younger under-18s team with maybe one or two of the better players, Tyler Morton, for example, playing for the under-23s that weekend. Instead, Manchester United had four or five of, of their under-23s drop back in to the under-18s for that one because they were desperate to win it. Charlie McNeil being one of them, probably a name that a few people will have heard a fair bit about over the last month or so. they have they're going to, aren't they? Absolutely, they are. Yeah, I mean, he, he signed, I think, last summer for Manchester United from Manchester City. City were, were absolutely devastated to, to lose him. Reportedly had scored 200 goals for City before he signed for Manchester United. Now, I assume that goes all the way down to sort of under sevens or under eights, whatever the first age group and, is. And training games, I think, as well, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, friendlies and all that, all the back garden goals, all, all of those sort of counting as well. But uh, yeah, 200 goals, Charlie McNeil. No pressure to uh, to make it at Manchester United. No, certainly not. There is going to be an awful lot of pressure on him, as well as the, the Manchester United game. Then Newcastle United and Sutton, after su suffering defeat, then they've got some morale-boosting victories. Yeah, Matthias Musielowski was the uh, the opening scorer. We've obviously already spoken about him and that goal against Newcastle United. That was a really nice one. A couple more goals there and a clean sheet as well. Obviously, we know Liverpool at under-18s level have been pretty consistent in terms of scoring goals. I think they've averaged more than three goals per game in the, the goals four column this season in the league, even with that, you know, drawing a blank against Manchester United. But uh, yeah, another three for them there. And then the FA Youth Cup is back. We obviously spoke about that in depth in the last show. Sutton United in that one, they won that one 6-0. Uh, we're going to come on to a hat-trick hero in just a second. But uh, yeah, Musielowski with another two goals in that one as well. So 
probably wasn't the, the most difficult draw that Liverpool could have got, but uh, you can only beat what's in front of you. Six goals, uh, a pretty convincing margin of victory and uh, a good outing, I think, for them. I don't think they play now until... I think the 3rd or 4th of April, uh, which is obviously the same as, as Liverpool's first team. I think they play Wolves on that particular occasion, but they will play Manchester United in the next round of the FA Youth Cup. So a, a more difficult uh, draw for them in that one. But uh, yeah, a chance at the very least to put right that 1-0 defeat to uh, to Charlie McNeil. Yeah, that the, the fourth round proper, it's a Saturday the 3rd of April, that game with Manchester United to come for Liverpool. Obviously, they had some success in it a couple of years back. Let's hope they can continue that. But final part of today's Academy show then, as ever, our one to watch where we finish. You've already teased us in, Matt. Who is it? I've gone for for Ethan Ennis on this occasion, um, partly because of his age and partly because I've seen him a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. And I've been really, really impressed with him. I think there's a lot to like. He only turned 16 three months ago. He's playing regularly for the under-18s this season. I mean, to start the season as a 15-year-old, he was sort of coming off the bench more often than not and sort of has maybe had to, to wait and be patient, obviously at that age is, is what you'd expect. But I'm sure, nonetheless, that hasn't been particularly easy for him watching, you know, as other players maybe take centre stage at that age group. And I've been really, really impressed with him. I mean, I saw him against Manchester United. I think that was only his second start of this season, but he just seemed to, to slot in really nicely into that front three, linked really well with the other players. You think of Balagizi was in the midfield on that day, on the left-hand side, the same side as, as he played. Musielowski and, and Fraundorf in there as well. And, they just seem to, to have a, a really good connection. I think, you know, his um, hat-trick, as I mentioned before, in, in the FA Youth Cup, he only played 26 minutes, scored three goals in that time. He'd been at school all day. That classic thing of, you know, the FA Cup bringing out all those stories of, of youngsters coming on. They've always had some sort of maths exam, haven't they, earlier in the I've day? Just, and... I've just been doing some maths and I've worked out he was born three days after Liverpool's famous 3-1 win over Olympiacos in yeah. the road to Istanbul. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, 2004, the date of, uh, or the year of, of his birth is is absolutely terrifying, isn't it? But uh, yeah, no, he's been he's been fantastic and, and definitely is one to watch, I think, for, for the rest of this season. I think possibly Musilovsky could move up to the under-23s permanently before the end of this season. Certainly going into next season, I'd imagine that that will happen. And that, of course, will open up an extra spot for him. And just one more point on, on Ethan Ennis. I think, crucially, even though he is so young, I think his physique is is really, really good and really promising for a player of that age. We spoke before about Vinny Cometio and, and him sort of having that advantage. People may be rating him a little bit higher because of his physicality. I think Ethan Ennis is not the tallest player, but he's a bit more stocky in his build. He's able to to keep hold of the ball quite quick as well. So I think his uh, his physique could sort of help him out a little bit and, and make sure that he doesn't look out of place, which he hasn't so far uh, whenever I've seen him this season. But uh, yeah, certainly, I think one to watch, certainly before the end of this season, but moving into next season, definitely, I think he'll be a, a key player for, for Liverpool's under-18s. Yeah, that's one you're going to have to definitely bide your time with as well. But I think it's fair to say, Matt, heard the name first here on the Academy show. Ethan Ennis, then our one to watch on this edition of the Academy show. I can't, can't get over the fact he was born three days after that Olympiacos game. But anyway, from myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison, thanks for joining us. Do make sure that you stick across the Liverpool Echo for all the latest news out of Liverpool's Kirby Academy. But for now, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now.